I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope your week is treating you well. You might hear some birds chirping. I'm at my house, and the birds here get like a little, little wild, honestly. It's like they're always having a party. Sometimes I've like taught trainings at my house uh, online, you know, like especially during the pandemic. And people would say, like, I'm sorry, the birds are distracting me. (laughs) um, So I just want to warn you, we're recording from home. Sorry if the birds are, you know, bothering us. Fran and Irv aren't here, but, you know, if they show up, I'll let you know. And, yeah, so a little, like, life update for me. I've been working really long days at the office last few weeks. I'm in quite the stress sprint right now, which is totally fine, but it just means I'm like sitting a lot more than I'm comfortable with. And I had this realization that I'm kind of just been out of my body. Um, I'm doing yoga in the mornings, but I'm just like not here in my body. I ended like an eight and a half hour day yesterday and I like was going home and I literally felt like I'm just in my head. Like I'm living from like the neck up and I knew I wanted to like have a really connected night with my husband last night and just like really spend some quality time together. And so I was like, I need to fix this. I need to like be a whole person. I need to be like in my body, be present, be able to like slow down. And so I was like, I'm just gonna ask him to go for a walk with me after work because typically if I can work out or even just go for a walk after a long work day like that I can one just like wake my body up and be like you exist you know and then I ended up asking my husband like I was like just trying to be really intuitive and I was like oops can you just like grab my body (laughs) Like, like from my head to my toes. So he just like kind of ran over my body, like touched my head, grabbed my shoulders, grabbed my arms, like all the way down my arms, all the way to my toes and just kind of like reminded me of each part of my body. And y'all, it was so good. It was just so nice to kind of go from mental space into like physical space and be supported in that and I'm just so grateful for the relationship that I have built like with my body where she tells me what she wants and I actually listen to her you know um I did an episode a few weeks back about intuitive eating and I really believe that's one of the major stepping stones for me in that journey just actually listening to my body's cues and I'm so so grateful so that's kind of on my mind this morning but it has nothing to do with the topic of the day honestly it's completely unrelated well maybe you know we can make a case but I'm not even gonna try (laughs) today I want to talk to you about the fear of starting something new so so I've been talking to people lately about the possibility of signing up for my incubator which if you don't know is all about starting something new like we show up we work really hard we take your idea and turn it into something like tangible and real and oftentimes it's like this very scary experience because you're like, I'm actually claiming this for myself. I'm stepping into it. We're actually doing it. There's a day in which I'm intended to make my first sale on this thing that I said I wanted to do. And it can be, it brings up a lot, right? That fear of starting something new really shows up. 
So um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about my experience with this particular fear, how it shows up, why starting something new is so helpful and beneficial, and then how do we work through it? So for a really long time, I didn't think of myself as someone who had this fear, right? I'm a seven. I love to try new things. I love to just jump right in. But as I've gotten older and I've paid closer attention, I've come to realize that I definitely have this fear, particularly around two areas. First, choosing it over something that could potentially make me happier down the road, like that fear of missing out, like which one of these things is going to be the thing that makes me happy and having to choose one can be really scary. I also experience it when it's something that I really, really want. Like this is like a deep wish, a deep desire, like the ultimate thing because I think the fear is like, it will kill my hope. Like I had this experience when I wrote my first book because for my whole life, all I ever wanted to be was an author. Like that was the dream. That's all I ever wanted. That was the vision. And it was like, if I do this, then it's done. And if I'm not successful, right, then what does that mean in terms of like my dream? Like, will I be able to write more books? Will this dream have to die? And it almost was more comfortable in the fantasy of like one day I will do this thing because then it can never hurt me, right? This like idea of it can never cause me suffering or pain. I can't fail at it. I can't not succeed at it, which I think are kind of two different things. But I really, really, really want it. And as long as I long for it, I can stay in that like happy, blissful, future, dreamy place where hope lives anew, you know? And so I had to really accept that I'm stepping into this unknown, even even though it's a risk, and I'm going to let that be enough, right? I'm gonna let that be okay. Whatever is is will be okay. But it was really scary. I was really scared. But the truth is that so often the very best things that have happened to me occurred often on the other side of a disappointment that forced me out of my comfort zone into something new. Um, an example of this is right out of college, I got asked to apply to an AmeriCorps job at my school. So I am like, as you might, you probably know this, like I'm big into the environment. I feel really, I feel like singularly responsible for the environment. <laughs> and, um, so especially in college, like I was full of fervor. I took one environmental biology class and I thought like, I am going to have to save the environment. So my college had an AmeriCorps program for someone to make the college more environmentally friendly. And they asked me to apply. So I thought like, oh, I have this in the bag. You know, like I'm passionate about it. I want it. They asked me to apply. It's mine. And I applied. I did the interview and someone else got the job. Now that I look back, the exact right person got the job. And I'm okay with that. But at the time, it was like I was blindsided with disappointment and really kind of spewed out of my comfort zone because my college town, I mean, I knew everybody in that town. Like 
it was a small town. I was like hyper involved in everything. And it was so comfy and cozy, like a little warm bubble. (laughs) And I got kind of spewed out from this experience. And I ended up doing a road trip around the continental U.S. and did like all the 48 states in like nine months and lived out of my car, couch surfed. And that was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life. It grew me and my confidence and my understanding of the world, my understanding of people, my relationship to myself, like in infinite ways that like working in a position in the same town that I, you know, I I say quote, grew up in because it's the town that I became an adult in with people who already know, know me, love me, like this little safe bubble, I wouldn't absolutely not be who I am today had I stayed there. And well, I like who I am today. You know, I like that experience that I had. And so I'm grateful for that disappointment that kind of shoved me out into the world and was like, no, do something, make something special, live new, you know? So that's my experience. But let's talk first about the benefits of starting something new. Like, What actual tangible benefits are there? First, I mean, it's just like learning new things, right? Like the new experiences, new skills. A lot of times we talk about type sevens as being like Renaissance people. And I think that simply comes from a general lack of fear of trying and starting new things. And this is really beneficial. (laughs) Like when you think about something like the incubator that I'm doing, I have lived so many lives in this single life, right? So like I'm coming to someone with the experience of being a photographer, of doing graphic design, of being a marketer, of coaching people on burnout, of recovering from my own burnout, of writing, of all of these like different weird skill sets because of like all of the times that I was willing to try something and just figure it out as I went and learn new things. And so I'm kind of coming with this like, collective robust resume of experiences that can really benefit the people that I'm going to work with. Or let's say I'm applying for a job in a different industry. You know, I can say like, these are all of the crazy skills that I have because I've been willing to try and learn. And so we learn new things, we collect skills, we collect information and talents, and then we get to apply those to the amazing areas of our life. The second benefit is that it can help you meet new people, right? So many people, we struggle to have friends in adulthood. And I have, I am like not without that complaint, right? Like I have definitely been in that boat of like sitting on the sidelines, like why is no one coming to my house and befriending me? (laughs) Like I feel like I want friends, but no one's coming here to hang out with me. And we meet people You know, I've met people in hotel lobbies who still message me on Instagram and we still communicate. I've met people from couch surfing that I stay in contact with, people who've couch surfed at my house or I've couch surfed at their houses. I've met people through just going to like this like networking event that I'm nervous to attend. And that's how we meet people. Like people are always like, how do I make friends as an adult? Like y'all, we have to leave our houses and just like do some stuff. And that's where they are. They're out there doing this stuff. 
And then it can help you to build your confidence. And this is the one that I'm particularly passionate about. Like a major way to build confidence is in that space of doing something that you have never done before. Because if you only ever allow yourself access to things that make you comfortable, it's very hard to see what you're capable of. This is why I'm always telling people like travel alone, pick up a hobby, go take a class, go take a workshop because it's like until you do that, you're looking for a different result from the same exact behavior and patterns. Like you're looking to see yourself anew in the same places that you go every day, doing the same things that you always do. So basically all of the most magical things in life are on the other side of starting something new. <laughs> and, and, and truthfully though, like I say that to be funny, like in a funny way, but like if you're feeling stuck in a rut or like life is boring or numb or you're feeling lonely or you're unsure of yourself, like starting something new can be an amazing way to shake it up and really truly improve your life in radical ways. But I understand it makes sense that starting something new is scary. I mean, I think it's important to remember that fear is the most natural emotion. Like it is there to protect us from danger. It's just that like the dangers of now are not the dangers of before. Like if your body is responding in fear, it's often responding out of like a fear of like being eaten alive, which is not the same thing as feeling a little bit embarrassed for a season, experiencing a negative emotion, not equivalent, right? So let's talk about what some of the fears are that can arise, right? Like we have the fear of failure, you know, like what if I fall on my face? which we'll talk more about that in a minute. The fear of the unknown, like anything could happen and that anything could not be good. Uh, fear of change, you know, like I'm comfortable. This is easy for me. This is the path of least resistance. Like I don't have to try so hard. That feels comfortable and comforting. I get it. You have the fear of rejection. Like what if other people think what I'm doing is really silly or embarrassing? A fear of success. We talked about this on Instagram the other day. Like we all, we talk a lot about the fear of failure, but we forget to talk about the fear of success. Like what happens if you actually make this dream come true? Are you going to be stressed out? Are you going to be bored? Are you going to lose your comfort zone of, of ease with suffering? So let's talk a little bit about how this can interact with the Enneagram types for a second. So are type ones, right? There can be a fear of doing it imperfectly. What if I try this and I do it in a way that like is embarrassing for me? Like everyone else can tell that it's like not good enough, but I, I for some reason can't. To which I will say, most people aren't doing that. <laughs> but even if they are, like that seems like a personal problem, right? Like that seems like their concern, not yours. And that like if you set the intention of growth, of trying something new as an act of growth or as a way to like make your dreams come true. I'm like, I get, I get carried away here, but like if you want something, you can, there's like no time to sit around waiting for like someone else to think you're cool or you're like, I don't know, no ones that aren't like super concerned with being cool, but like competent or like skilled, careful, there's no time for that, right? Like we need to be focused instead on 
what is the desired outcome? Because the desired outcome, I highly doubt, is to be perfect, right? The desired outcome is likely to make a living doing something that you love, to learn a new skill or a hobby, to have a new experience, or to see somewhere you've never seen before. So like doing that in a quote-unquote perfect way is going to lower your ability to make an impact or to have an impact made on you. Let's move on. Number two, (laughs) I'm going to get carried away. Number two, the fear of being selfish or being perceived poorly which like probably perceived as selfish. So like if you prioritize yourself, what you want and just go after it, like, who are you? You know, are you like, well, what if someone else feels abandoned by that? Um, You know, if this is the fear that's showing up for you, I I just say like, how selfish of them to feel that way about you, to want you to not do something that brings you to life because they want you to focus on them. That is one of the most selfish things I could imagine. And so if someone, if we're afraid of being selfish, like maybe let them deal with that fear for themselves and not you. Number three, fear of failure, fear of looking like a fool. Um, you know, if this were to occur, you know, also imposter sh- syndrome shows up for threes a lot. If this were to occur, you know, I think we're, we talk about this a little bit later. I want to touch on it more there, but just refill, reframing failure as information for how to make it a success, right? It's not about failing, really. There is no failure if you learn from it. But additionally, separating yourself and your identity from what you do, right? Being loved not for what you do, but for who you are. In order to do that, we have to let people see us for who we are. We have to get to know ourselves for who we are. Because until we get to know who we are below what we do, we're not going to even have an access point for others to love us there. And therefore, we will feel like love is contingent upon our, our level of success. So if you can get to know yourself on a deep, deep, deep level and allow others to see you on that level, you are going to be so much more free to take risks and to try Number four, the fear of being average and the fear of success. Let's talk about average first. You've probably heard me say this a lot. Like there's a quote that says fours would rather be a like flailing, starving artist than a moderate success (laughs) because that space of average feels really embarrassing because your coping mechanisms told you that if you can't belong, then at least you'll be special. And so if you're not special, then like you all, you don't belong and you're not special. That's the story, right? That you tell, that you've been told or you've told yourself. So if you want to unwire that a little bit, right, we can start to embrace mundane, embrace the average, step into it with thrill and indulgence and just go like yeah this average space is actually really special like if I can like live into that because we've talked about this a million times before but there's no way to get too successful and special and significant without trudging through average like you have to start at nothing and then do a bunch of mundane stuff for a long time and then one day be successful no one is like born out the gate with just like this magic skill set that immediately makes them a success. Most of them have been toiling away in private, making average stuff, and then showing you the good stuff in public. 
The other thing that can arise here is the fear of success, right? If you've coped with the disappointments of life through indulging in your suffering and through allowing suffering to kind of be a comforting, warm blanket, then success feels like being exposed. It feels like saying goodbye to your favorite coping mechanism, your favorite comfort zone. This, if I'm happy, who am I? You know, that like, where do I fit in the world if all is well for me? Will anyone want to help me and support me if I am doing okay? How will I achieve love if everything is great for me? And so in that, again, it's about embracing what is. So we talk about getting comfortable with average by embracing the average. Get comfortable with success by seeing your life is already successful. And starting to appreciate what's already here instead of doing the grass is greener thing. Like, oh, what's next will be better. What they have is better. What if I had X, Y, or Z, then I would feel better. Instead, focus on like, what is the good that is here? And build a tolerance for happiness. Number five, the fear of being unprepared or ill-informed. You know, a lot of times what fives can come to me with is the sense of like, well, how will I know that I'm qualified? How will I know I have enough information to take action on this thing? And and that's where I want to reframe starting something new as a different form of research. So if we look at you know, you're learning things in your head. But if we're saying starting something new is an action that you're taking, like actually stepping in to it, then think of it as like step two of research. We're going from mental research into physical research. We're moving from intellectualizing into doing. So we're integrating that research into gathering just more information. Type six. The fear of being unsupported, the fear of change, the fear of the unknown. Um, With this, you know, we're thinking like, well, things are, I like what I like. I, I know what, I know what's here. I know what's now. But I know also how our six can kind of get caught up in a frustration spiral in that space of, of the known. And crave adventure are very, you know, have that sense of like life in them that's just kind of waiting to come out. And we can't get to the other side of that without trying something new, right? We have to step out of our comfort zones in order to build self-trust, in order to liberate ourselves from the systems that we've kind of let guide our lives into open ourselves up to new kinds of people, new experiences that can make us more well-rounded beings. Type seven, we've already kind of talked about mine, like (laughs) type seven fears, like the fear of missing out, the fear of settling for something less than, and the fear of being disappointed or losing hope. We have type eight, I put just like simply the fear of failure, but I think a lot of times for type eight, it's like the fear of frivolity. Um, there's some sense in eights that like things need to be worth their time and anything that's like, just, it seems frivolous can seem like, oh, not worth their time. And I'm not saying that like eights resist pleasure like a one does, but more so eights resist being silly or being seen as silly or as trivial, you know? And so... 
I really want to push you eights to see the desires of your heart, the desires of your whimsy as incredibly urgent and important. (laughs) And allowing those things to take precedence, allowing those things to be serious matters that you value and take seriously. And, um, you know, I think sometimes too, this like fear of like, what if I fail and then I can't be the provider or the protector? What if I look weak and then I'm not seen as like this character that I've had to play this whole time, you know, the strong one. And in that, you know, I say like, one, you're not going to let that happen, right? Like you, like, like you can just trust yourself to figure it out, right? Because you will do that. You'll do it for someone else's priorities. You'll do it for the priority of the group. So like figure, you'll figure it out. But also, even if you do fail, I kind of love that for you. Like I kind of love a forced weakness for an eight. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I want it for you. I want you to have to ask for help. I do. I want you (laughs) to have to Put yourself out there, try something new, maybe not be great at it right away. Surprising, I know. And then just like have to ask for support. I'm thrilled by it, honestly. Um, Type nine. So for you, it's often the fear of the unknown, which for nines often it's like this fear of future stress. Like what if that overwhelms me? What if I don't know how to do it? What are all the steps to doing it? And for that, I just say like one step at a time right? Like we talk about this in some of my workshops that I do. I'm sure I've talked about it here, but I think about nines when they think about starting a new project. It's like, well, how am I going to move this brick wall from like over here to over here, like point A to point B? And it seems so overwhelming. Like I can't lift a wall. I can't do that. I don't have the tools. I don't have the resources. I cannot move this wall. But you can just like move one brick at a time. So it's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to move one brick and then I'll focus on like, what's the next brick I need to move and where does it need to go? And, you know, and then just taking that step that like I'm going to start something new and breaking it down into much, much more smaller steps, right? So like at least six more steps, like taking one big thing and breaking it up into at least six pieces so that you can just do one step at a time. Now, of course, you can experience any or all of these fears no matter your Enneagram type. So just take what is for you and leave what's not. Don't feel like attached to, well, that wasn't assigned to my number. Just let it be what it is. Let it be for you if it's for you. Let it not be for you if it's not. But how do we work through, in general, the fear of starting something new? Because we can't stay where we are doing the same things that we've always done forever and feel as alive as most of us want to feel. So step one is really honoring your fear and working through it. So any of the fears that I mentioned that resonate for you or any fear that I haven't mentioned that you're like feeling arise, <laughs> name it, claim it, and then take it to the end. Just go like, what really will happen if I fail? What's the worst case scenario here actually? Not the worst case scenario without naming it, name it. Play it out, work through it, provide yourself some plan Bs and see how you would feel then, right? The classic example is like wanting to quit your job and saying like, well, I don't know, like if I fail, I don't know what will happen. What will happen? Let's actually go there, like what will happen? You quit your job, 
you fail, you try something, it doesn't work out, you fail, maybe you have to borrow some money, maybe you have to get another job. That's most likely, right? You realize, oh, I have to get another job. So you're back where you are now. So you're already in your worst case scenario. So you might as well try, right? And that being said, number two, ask for help. If there is something that you're like, I don't know how to do this. I want to figure this out, but I don't even know where to start. I want to try something new, but I'm scared. Talk to somebody. Ask for help. Talk to a therapist, a friend, hire a coach. Talk to someone ask for support. And that's kind of why we did the whole ask for help week last week on the podcast is to kind of prepare us for this space of we've already gone through that. We've talked about how it's important to ask for help, why you might be afraid of it. Now it's time to put it into practice. Ask for help. Third, set action-based goals, not metric-based goals. So I know that I talk a lot about business, starting a business. That's where my brain is. But we can talk about hobbies as well. So let's talk business first and then we'll talk hobbies. So if we want to start a business, if I say I'm going to start a coaching business and then I set the goal of like, I'm going to have 10 coaching clients by February 3rd, that is not as motivating or as tangible as I am going to post on Instagram every single day, you know, whatever your metric is. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to post on Instagram every day. I'm going to post on Instagram as often as I say I will. I'm going to create another marketing platform. I'm going to create an email funnel. I'm going to build a website. Like these are things you have control of because all that you can do is control how you show up. You cannot re- control the response to that. So you can just take educated information to show up in the ways that are likely to give you results. And then if you don't get the response that you hope for, move on to the next step. So we'll we'll talk about hobbies real quick and then we'll talk about what the next step is. If it doesn't work out the way you think. Let's take the case of like, okay, you want to become someone who does pottery. You want to pick up the hobby of pottery. I, I don't know the like... Is that the, the, the term for the hobby? You want to become someone who does pottery. You cannot say, I'm going to be a world-class potter in six months. But what you can say is, I'm going to take a, a workshop once a week. I'm going to, to give my time to learning this skill once a week. And then if that doesn't work out, if you don't become a world-class potter in six months, if you don't book out your coaching program in six months, this is where you take that quote-unquote failure as information for future success. Okay, I did this. I launched a coaching program. No one bought it. What did not work? What worked? What didn't work? What do I want to change so that I can try this again? I showed up once a week to a potting class and I'm still not good at pottery. Why? What worked? What didn't work? What do we need to tweak so that we can improve? And then finally, when it comes to starting something new, The thing I want you to ask yourself, if not now, when? And seriously ask this. If I if I don't do this now, when do I intend to do it? If this if I don't write a book today, if I don't start writing a book now, when will I start writing a book? Do I have a time? Can I commit to that time? Or do I need to call my own fears out and just claim it now? And then if not you, who? If you don't do it, 
who will? Who's going to step into that space? Do you want anyone to step into your space? Can you claim this place in your life? And like step into who you want to be in the world. Stop watching other people live the life that you want for yourself and actually step in. Step into it. Claim it. Try it. Because I don't, the last thing I want from you is for you to be 80 years old looking back at your life and feel like I was going to be a great writer. I just never gave myself the time. I was going to help people. I just never made it a priority. Do, if not now, when? And if not you, who? At the end of the day, my friends, I just want to pull you in, invite you out, shake off the rut, (laughs) and put yourself out there. Try something. Start small. Grow to something bigger if you want to. But just live, you know? You get like one life. You get this like one precious existence. Like how many years of your life do you even have to try things? What, like 40 years, maybe? Some of us are like already through a lot of that. Like it's never too late. It's never too soon, but it's always now. Like this is the only time that exists for us. This moment is the only time that's real. And what we do today will impact us for years to come. So like, if you're in that space of like checking Instagram, watching TikToks and just feeling like, oh, they do, they have something that I want or they're living this like magical life. It must have just like fallen into their laps. It didn't. They showed up. They tried. And sometimes they're showing up and trying met with timing and circumstances that looked like luck. But they couldn't have gotten there if they hadn't shown up and risked all of these fears of failure, rejection, success, the unknown, change. Like they had to try. And you got to try too. Because the last thing we want is for you to live a life that's just fine. That's just kind of like getting through from day to day, barely feeling alive. We're having all of this like laundry list of things that you wish you had done. And then looking back and being like, I would have, but I didn't. All right, I'm going to step out of the, (laughs) off my soapbox here and let you go for the day. But I just want to say, I just really believe in your ability to do this, to take chances, to put yourself out there, to risk a little, you know, that's, that's how we feel that's how we do it. That's how we feel alive. Just try some stuff and let it be light. You know, it's it's okay for it to be light. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you Friday for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.